Feel like the everyday chaos is getting to be too much? Head on over to winninggym.com slash BAP and we can help you there. Join our eight-week ProFit Business Accelerator program for quick wins for your gym. Check it out. You deserve it. Now back to the show. You are listening to the Built to Grow podcast, delivering the knowledge in all things fitness business. We help gym owners win. Here are your hosts, Tim Lyons and Randy Exton. All right, welcome back to the Built to Grow podcast. I'm your host, Tim Lyons, in a special Zoom Whiskey Wednesday podcast episode, joined as always by my co-host, Randy Angston. What's up, guy? Hey, dude. Cheers. Cheers, right? A couple special guests on the show today. We brought in some uh, ex-CrossFit affiliates. We wanted to have a little chat. So joining us today, we have Chuck Gonzalez, formerly of CrossFit Hillsboro. Cheers. Love the is that your cheers ice beer, and also joining us all the way from State College, Pennsylvania, Brian St. Andrews, of formerly of CrossFit Nittany. How are you, sir? I'm well, thank you. Cheers, cheers to you, cheers to you as well. So, spicy episode. We were just chatting before the show. We want to get a little bit in the weeds a little bit here on uh, the whole de affiliation, the CrossFit. You guys have heard about this. The CEO, uh, Greg Glassman, has is outed himself with some comments he's made and there's been a mass de-affiliation of CrossFit and I really wanted to bring you two on to, to, to hear it firsthand like your experience and and why you decided to go a different direction and nothing's off limits here and I just wanted to let you guys know that no no judgment I don't think anything matters anything goes on this show so let's start with Brian give us a little background on you sir and how long You've been in the business, how long you've been an affiliate, and let's just go into your background and then don't go into why, and then we'll go into check, and then we'll go into why, right? So, Brian, it's all yours. All right. My name is Brian St. Andrews, and I've been an affiliate at CrossFit Nittany since March of 2011. So, we just passed our nine-year mark, and we're going into our 10th year. And uh, I'd been involved with CrossFit before in Tempe, Arizona. My friend and I had started CrossFit Southwest as the 23rd CrossFit overall. All right, Zona, and, right on. Uh, yeah, so that was back in January of 2005. So you know, I've been see. involved in CrossFit on and off for about 16 years. And uh, yeah, current affiliate, <laughs> current gym 10 years, affiliate as nine. Nice. Okay, cool. Chuck, go ahead. So I, I got into uh, CrossFit. I opened up CrossFit Hillsboro in 2008. I started CrossFit in 2007, uh, back when I was just a trainer at a gym. I got into it because I, I watched the guys over at Jim Jones training over there, and I loved those guys. Uh, they trained the whole cast to 300, and it was just really different from what I was doing. Uh, I was CSCS, um, ACE, uh, CPT, and just kind of doing the traditional what was functional training at the time. And then I saw this CrossFit stuff and immediately thought it was the dumbest thing on the planet. <laughs> and uh, as a CSCS, you know, NSCA coach, that's a whole other story we can get into, NSCA and CrossFit. Oh, uh, but I tried it and I got hooked. Um, I think I was the first, uh, I was the like westernmost and first affiliate in my county. I think I was fifth in, in, uh, in the Portland metro area. And I'm pretty sure there were under 500 affiliates at the time uh, when I signed up. So that was in 2008. And then we walked away last year in 2019. Wow. Okay. So you guys know a few things about CrossFit. 
a, a few, but not as not as many as some others that are out there. Yeah, certainly not. A, I'm not a, an expert in the areas as like you know Castro and the real close guys are. Yeah, yeah. It's a great, but yeah. So, so, so little little known about me, I actually went and got my CrossFit cert, like coaching certification back in I guess uh, 2011. And I, I just had it as something that maybe we could use a leverage and, and just maybe attract some different clientele into the business. Never really decided to be an affiliate. It didn't make sense for me. But uh, yeah, I got to know that, that group. And I mean, there's a lot of great things to say about it. But let's talk about what's happening right now. So you have some stats for me, right, Chuck? You went ahead and uh, pulled some, some numbers. I want to hear this. So it was pretty interesting. So to give, to give people some background... Um, Greg Glassman, he replied to a tweet, all started with a tweet, right? He replied to a tweet and his reply on the tweet was, um, Floyd 19, you know, the, the what, tweet was, that, what was he responding to? Yeah. Uh, the, the original response was by, uh, a health organization of some sort. I don't remember the name, but it was, uh, public health is a race issue. Public health, Public health is, a, is a race issue, I believe. And, that he, was it. and he responded with Floyd 19. Floyd 19. Of course, okay. of course he was talking about COVID-19. And I mean, who who the hell knows what exactly he meant by that or what his intention <laughs> was, but it it's didn't a, really go over very well. Right. I, I caught wind of it just by people reposting that. They were taking screenshots and I'm like, right. what is going on here? I don't even know what's going on. It's like on a weekend. It was maybe like a week ago. It's only been yeah. a week. Yeah, it hasn't been very long. So he's he's not known for being the most compassionate, empathetic person, regardless of what kind of genius that he holds in in functional training and uh, and the games, you know. But didn't go over very well. And then you know there were some sort of things that were released on a on an apparent Zoom call that he had with about seventy five other affiliate owners. And he said, "Look, we're not mourning George Floyd." He goes, "Why why should we? We're in the business of fitness. Um, we're going to focus on our brand. We don't need to focus on that." That didn't go over very well either, you know, as you wow. can imagine. Um, and and then, you know, I, kind of the, the icing on the cake was uh, this this gentleman came forward. His name slips my mind right now. Brian, maybe you know his name. Um, but he produced a video, and it just said that there was a lot of sexism at the top of CrossFit, which is really unfortunate because some of the best people are females, and they're I don't know what type of female leadership that they have, but the females at the games are incredible. And then as, um, you know, as this fallback from that, you had some of these top female athletes pulling out of the game saying they will not represent this company. Um, you know, conversely, I had immediately after that, I had a female client contact me, a female lead and said, I'm at a CrossFit gym. I will not give that company anymore. Not one red cent. I want to know what you have. And I was like, whoa, it's starting to get real now. So it got out. People were were upset with the comments, and then obviously things snowballed. And you know, one of the things I saw was his apology that he wrote, and he's like, "Hey, you know, and it's not word for word, for don't quote me, but he really started off well, and then he throws his foot in his mouth right at the end. He <laughs> yeah, says, yeah. <laughs> he says something like, you know, I apologize. I've I've upset a lot of people, and you know, for that, I'm, I'm going to step down. And you know, but it still wasn't racist. Like at the end, like that yeah. that was his footnote, and like, oh, he blows it again. <laughs> <laughs> he blows it again. Yep. And and so okay, so so the backlash is happening. How many people, like I guess CrossFit affiliates, and you're two of them, but how many have decided to not be a part of CrossFit and de-affiliate, like cancel a cancel their affiliation? What do you know? So I have just seen, you know, the latest statistics um, brought up by um, 
morning chalk up. And, you know, first it was 100 and then 200, 300, 400, 500, 1,000. We are currently at about 1,500. And that was as of this weekend. So what, you guys, in less than a week? Now, if you think about the total number of CrossFits out there, there's about 14,000, 15,000 affiliates globally. So in one week, we're talking like 10% of their affiliates just dropped off. And most of those affiliates probably have signed up after 2010. So when you're an affiliate and you signed up after, I believe it was 2010, you're now paying $3,000 per year per affiliate. $3,000 times 1,500. I'll do the math. 4.5 million. 4.5 million. Oh yeah. 4.5 million in a week, just what they're losing in dues. Um, you know that, and maybe this is a different topic, but their certifications are a thousand dollars each. So they're not having their certifications. Who knows what's going to happen with all of their certs that they do hold. And I think that we're just going to, over time, we're going to see that number go from 1500, 2000, 3000, 5000. Um, who knows how high it's going to go based wow. on leadership decisions that, that the new CEO is going to make. Wow. Okay. You got anything to add on that, Brian? A couple things. I think the organization at the beginning had tweeted about the pandemic and um, Glassman's made it pretty clear that he didn't believe, he didn't believe any of the statistics. And he, he thought that that organization was like culpable to contributing to like false statistics regarding the pandemic and the shutdown. So that's what he was saying he was replying to and insinuating like, like that the race is a public health issue and that wow. he didn't believe the statistics to begin with. So that, I, I've heard that side of it. it. Almost everybody has come to Glassman's defense saying that just from his actions and being around him that he's, he's really not racist. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily true or not, right? I think old guys should stay on Twitter is what I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's really tough because it, you can't win in the situation. And that, therefore, no matter what you say, unless you are completely for the movement and completely for everything that's going on, the, the stats that are out there, the George Floyd thing, it doesn't matter what you think. If you go against it, you're wrong regardless of what you think you have no, you have no choice in the matter. I mean, that's just my standpoint. You can't go the opposite way. You're going to get blasted and that's what's happened to him. Yes. Was the, what he said, rate? I don't, I don't think it's racist. Well, he said Floyd 19 is that, is that in itself racist again? You know, even in response to the talk, I don't, what's racist. I didn't didn't feel that it was racist when I first, I didn't didn't feel like it was racist at all. Even when he said that HQ was not going to mourn George Floyd, I think that was racist, probably not the smartest thing to say, but based on what he's done in, in for, for lower socioeconomic neighborhoods in America, based on what he has done for those and trying to bring CrossFit into mm-hmm. those neighborhoods, I personally don't feel that Greg Glassman was being uh, racist. Uh, very poor choice of words, like really stupid, really dumb, stay off of Twitter. <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> it's interesting yeah. because you know, and Randy and I have these conversations all the time. It's like, if you don't go with the the narrative that's out there, you're wrong. And you can't, here's a great example. Uh, Coach Mike Gundy, Gundy was wearing a, wearing a conservative news station t-shirt when he on a fishing trip over the weekend. And apparently he had to come out today and apologize for wearing a conservative news station t-shirt because something on like one of the new, like 
they weren't agreeing with the Black Lives Matter movement on that news station. And so the players on the team and the parents were all in uproar and they're, they're going to boycott the season because he's wearing a T-shirt that has a news station that's a conservative news station. And that it goes against the, the narrative. So he had to come out and apologize. You can't even, you're not even allowed to wear a T-shirt anymore that says a news station. It's, it's a media outlet. Yeah, of a media outlet. I mean, some of this is goes back to like from even what Glassman said, right? It's it's the words used and the intent behind it. And the problem is he wasn't clear enough in what he said to make a point of what he meant, right, wrong, or indifferent. So it left a hundred percent the perception to each one of us. And if you aren't, you know, if you can't articulate your point, maybe you gotta choose a different, you know, some different you know, words. I've, I've, I've never met Glassman. Brian, I don't know if you've ever met him. You know, but, you know, to his credit, he really created, he, he created a movement that, you know, you rarely ever see. I mean, Glassman yeah. created something um, very big. And I don't know if you have seen Greg Glassman, but sometimes he doesn't appear as if he's um, the CEO of, you know, the, the largest health and fitness affiliate in the, in the world, you know, with 15,000, he doesn't really present that type of persona and, and he doesn't really care about what people perceive his words to be. So he doesn't have a filter and uh, he, he really gets away with, not, not necessarily gets away, but he's not necessarily held accountable um, to his words until you have something like this that, that comes up, until a lot of people band together and say, hey, we're not standing for this. And the George Floyd is just, that's just one half of it. You know, the other half is really coming from the accusations made about just how sexist the leadership in the company is and how tolerant they are um, of these accusations that, that Greg Glassman um, is, is just not fair to women in the organization. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't seen that video, um, I encourage you to go watch, go watch the video that's floating around there about you know, what one of the former employees of CrossFit HQ is, is saying. And, and trying to be objective about it, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me. And I don't know how much truth that there is to it. But regardless, you have this image now of this movement that's been around for almost 20 years now. And you're starting to see a lot of boxes walk away. Now, I walked away last year. Um, and the reason that I walked away is because it, it wasn't because of one thing that Greg Glassman said. Mm -hmm. And it's probably that same thing that's holding true today. It's not necessarily because of this, this George Floyd incident, you know, plus the... Um, uh, the, the sexism incidents, but it's just really death by a thousand little cuts that they did. You know, about, I think it was in 2012 or 13, they sent us out this poster, like CrossFit used to host these big, um, uh, these big fitness competitions, right? And I mm -hmm. think it was maybe the month of November and they were having some fitness competition and the benefit was for um, children across, children in some area across the world. Same you remember this, Brian? And they sent every talking about the, the terrible poster that came out. Yeah. Oh, you remember that? Did they send you one? Yeah. What? Yeah. So talk about what yeah, there's a going? poster that had like kids with X's on their eyes and wagons coming being pulled out of like a cartoon hospital. Like it was just so tasteless. Wow. Yeah. Like half I mean, dead kids with an IV hooked up to their arm. Yeah, out of their bed. Let's find that poster. So, I, want to, I want to see that thing. That's crazy. I'll see if I can find it around here. <laughs> I, I threw that, burn that thing. I crumbled it, it. Threw it away. 
Hey guys, as you know, at Built to Grow, we're all about systems and scalability. And that's why I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Semi-Private Pro. Several years ago, I was in our gym looking around and I noticed our coaches were staring at their clipboards, struggling to stay one step ahead of the clients. And I thought, gosh, there has to be a better way. So I tasked Zach, our fitness director, and I said, dude, we got to find a software that would enhance our clients' training experience and increase our coaches' levels of engagement. See, we're all about client experience here. After countless demos, we realized there was literally nothing designed for our training model. So we set on a mission and I said, look, we got to create an app that is designed specifically for semi-private training. And I can tell you guys this firsthand, this is taking our training to new heights and I'm confident it can do the same thing for you. See, with Semi-Private Pro, you can streamline your training system, enhance client engagement and scale like never before without spending hours on programming. To learn more about how you can get started with Semi-Private Pro, head on over to special link here, semiprivatepro.com slash BTG, that's built to grow. So just head on over real quick to semiprivatepro.com slash BTG to check out a demo for yourself. So tasteless, oh. tasteless stuff. And, yeah. and that just, so that's one of, I guess, a bunch of things. What, Brian, what you decided yeah. to leave because of this situation, like exactly. I'm, I'm was- leaving more recently. Yeah. I, you know, I, let, let me, <laughs> I've got a few things to say here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I would say, backing up to a couple points here. One, Glassman's tweet to what we were talking about just before this that Chuck brought up. It's like everybody had been talking about the race topic, right? And he's still hammer, like hammering Coke or like, or like hammering these organizations and hammering CSCS, right? And it's really to that point, it was like, it's not, you know, the word tone deaf keeps getting thrown around a lot right now is a good description to it. I don't know if that's exactly the right thing, but it's like, hey, your topic is not on the table right now, Greg. We're all talking about this over here. Why don't you tone it down with that for a second? We don't want to hear you. And to that point that Andy, Andy Stumpf is the guy's name who used to work at headquarters that has the podcast that used to be he used to be uh, on the seminar staff, and he's a pilot. He was Greg's pilot um, after he had gotten out of the military as a pilot for a long time and been on the inner workings of everything. And uh, to the point that Greg has, he they're filled with a lot of yes men, mm-hmm. right? In inside of there it, it is has become very apparent on the sexism side. There's a lot of men who are afraid to stand up to him. Andy on that podcast had said a lot of that is because they were compensated ahead of like what that job requires. Right. So if it's a job that say is $80,000 or something, these people are probably making like 120 where they can't just replace that income in the market. Right. Okay. Like they're, they're afraid they're afraid to lose their jobs. The same. Yeah, way. they can't. Yeah. Like where else am I just going to teach on the weekends? Have this sweet get right. So they have all these people that are just condoning these actions. And like that's even played up to today with this the Twitter situation. Right. Like, I mean, his his lawyer, Dale Sarin, had a big like did a big piece just defending his actions. And to to some of to some of what you were saying and then like 
the Mike Gundy guy for Oklahoma State, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's necessarily like just that he's wearing a conservative news t-shirt, right? It's like the complicating factors are he, Gundy has a track record of saying some things that like maybe he does have a more conservative belief system, but like it, it, like it's just people who are being unaware of the situation that they're in. And that, that like Mike Gundy represent like Oklahoma state's a very white state and he's representing the football team. That's probably 75% black kids. Right. Right. And that like, the, the reason that shirt got a lot of attention, like you, like it's, it's like you have to dig into these details a little bit, right? It's like, it's not just that it's a t-shirt. It's that it's a t-shirt that, and regardless of your beliefs, right? But that Donald Trump has turned to that news organization to send these messages out that he's sending out that like the other people won't carry now, right? So like if Gundy's going to wear that shirt and then show up, two days later and you know, like that, that's really where the issue is. It's like, why don't you have to represent these young African-American men that are all 18 to 24 as well. Right. And if they're all standing up, like, so that was some of the thing. It's like Greg has his beliefs in headquarters and he's entitled to them and can believe. Right. But he can't paint me into a corner as to like, he's going to get up here and grandstand and then slap that on my name by a CrossFit, right? Like, and that's, what and, that's it, saying. and that's really why everybody's leaving is because yeah. the, cro- the CrossFit yeah. name is being portrayed as this. And if you don't stand for that, now you're attached to it. And well, yeah. And you don't have any to control. the death by a thousand cuts. It's like, I feel to use another example, and this is just off of social media and like, just because I'm, kind of friend, but like CJ and Invictus who like some of these people have big decisions to make like Kalipa Froning, right? Like those are bigger brands for one, but, and just like Chuck, after you've been there like 10 years, you might not need the CrossFit name as much anymore, right? Like it's only $2,000 you know, or depending on when you signed up, right? Two to 3,000. Some people are probably just hanging on to it almost like nostalgically, like, oh, I really loved when it was like this. It's going to get me some Google searches. It's really who we were and how we came up. But those are like mature brands now, right? And and, and to mine, like, I, you know, I'm not a massive affiliate, but we have, you know, we've had 300 members at one point and we're in the couple hundred members, right? In the 200 range. So to... It's one of those where, like, I don't know where the line was, but that's so far past the line as to what I'm believing in, right, that I'm not going to stand for that. That's what I know, right? And yeah, that's where, um, I think that's where a lot of affiliate owners are right now is that, you know, yeah. first of all, they're not going to stand for it. And they were probably on the fence about making a decision to stay an affiliate either. You know, and you got, you have a CrossFit on, on every corner right now. Yeah, and or let's say you had a crossbow on every corner before before COVID hit, right? Um, and just like in two thousand and eight, when Starbucks closed, what like three thousand locations um, in America, just because there was just oversaturation of the market. It was a recession. Yeah, recession. Their stock right, yeah. price got down to twelve bucks, 
and I was going to buy it, but I didn't have any money. And I wish I did. <laughs> I decided <laughs> to open up a gym in 2008. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> and I thought that was a great idea. Well, so to, to now you're at that point. Yeah, to, to speak to that point, though, like we had, when, when we had Rick on the episode, uh, the episode a few podcasts, or I don't remember which episode, which version he was on that we talked about it, but we had talked about CrossFit as a brand for the first time. I think it was last year had more affiliates leave the brand than actually open up new right. affiliates. Right. So like, you know, to speaking, speaking to that point, do you think that a lot of the, let's say the 1500 that have already made that decision, Chuck, are you saying that there's probably, they probably had one foot out the door already and this yeah, is kind absolutely. of like the last straw. Yeah. You know, they're, they're probably yeah. some of the newer affiliates and the newer affiliates in all honesty, a lot of these guys are just doing it as a hobby. It's not necessarily a career. And when this hobby is costing you $3,000 a month in affiliate fees and $3,000 yeah, a, a month in rent a year, yeah, $3,000 a year in affiliate, two, three thousand, four thousand a month in, in rent. Um, you typically are not paying coaches in a CrossFit place. You're just kind of trading them for memberships and like a traditional mm-hmm. and a CrossFit place. So it's not really the best scalable business model for these guys to stay in business. And, you know, after a few years of paying about three grand, they're kind of like, ah, do I really need to do this? can I do this on my own because I have enough Google searches? I pop up. I'm kind of good at Facebook. Um, and so that's kind of where I think a lot of people are just globally in America. It's just like Rick was saying, there's more affiliates that have closed down than there are that, that opened up. You know, for me, I chose to leave because there are 15 gyms just around my area. CrossFit's big box is LA 24. And it was just time for me to get out. Let me ask you guys this. What is CrossFit doing for the affiliate, like from a business standpoint, or is it just the name? Well, they had started to do less was part of it, right? And so to what I was saying earlier about the nostalgia, it seemed like, you know, let's say it's 2014, 2015, right? Things were really like ramping up and there's the games getting a lot of notoriety, movies going out on Netflix and the social media was very like productive and it may have been expensive for them, but they started as like a media production crew, right? At with like, that's what Facebook was just content production. And they, you know, they dropped social media. They're starting to defund the games. They changed the games so that the qualification processes were different. They took away regionals with, which was upsetting to a lot of people. And they sanctioned independent activities to like draw people in and then have national qualifiers winning. And so it was just going a lot of different directions. Um, and a, a lot of affiliates felt like, like, and they don't have any input, right? It's just being dictated to you. And so to that point, then it's like all these changes had been made up along the way. And I don't think it was just the newer people but but, you know it's probably just my bias in that i am like more experienced crossfit so the people i know are more experienced crossfit owners right but that i think it was more of like the affiliates who have been through all that now for 10 years and where you know once you you get people who are now afraid of the term crossfit and you don't know where the split is as to like is the google search beneficial enough or is it just scary enough that people won't even look up that term? And like, where do we fall along the like 
maybe before it was like two thirds the search and one third scary. And now it's like 50, 50 or 60, 40. And like, I don't know how scary this is to people and I don't need racism attached to it. And I don't need like, right. Like it seems like, an e- it seems like a pretty easy decision for somebody that was on the fence. Like that's the last straw. It gave him an excuse to leave. Yeah. Exactly. Wasn't doing anything for him. Yes. Is does CrossFit have a good name in the market or a bad that, that, you know, that's, you don't know. Right. Yeah. And so what I would challenge is these gym owners like yourselves, both of you is like, why don't, you take this time to create your own thing, something you you have control over. Because again, here it is a great case in point. You don't even control over what these guys are saying, affecting mm-hmm. your bottom line. You're, they're, they're, they are affecting your bottom line in a negative way. I mean, I yeah, guess. So to Greg Glassman sort of has the same outlook. He's a, he's a self-described diehard libertarian. Um, and, you know, he, he never really wanted to get into the business of operations or franchising. And he's like, look, if, if you want to use my name, yeah, sure, pay me a fee, nominal fee at that. Um, the, the affiliates before me were paying 500 bucks. Yeah. He's like, look, I'll put you on, uh, and I was paying 1000 And he's like, look, I'll put you on the, um, uh, the, the CrossFit homepage. So if somebody goes there and they want to search for an affiliate, I'll put you on that. Um, but otherwise, I'm not going to hold you by any restriction. I'm not going to give you an operation. I'm not going to give you a, a franchise plan. You know, you're, you have the freedom to do this on your own and make your box reflect your own culture. Build your box however you want to. Teach your deadlift however you want to. Um, coach your snatch and clean and jerk. Do whatever you want. It's all up to you. So in, in his mind, he gave all of these affiliate owners the freedom, you know, quote unquote, to run their business however they wanted um, while still under the entire umbrella of, you know, whatever CrossFit says, you know, mm-hmm. and to, to Brian's point, uh, the main reason that I walked away from CrossFit, Brian, is because, yeah, there's a shitload more people who are scared of it than actually want to do it these days. And yeah, I so, so yeah, I, and that's, and that's exactly why I was not getting the leads that I used to. And most people that I would talk to that, that I told, uh, I operated a CrossFit gym to, they're like, I can never do that. Yeah. I can never do CrossFit. That's way too hard. No way. Well, it's, it's, it went past the curve of like cool, right? Early adopters, cool, all that, right? Now it's just mainstream, and it, it, it like to what you said, Chuck. It's like the term has just become oh, like that's too intense for me, yeah. right? Like, yeah, rope climbs, snatches, the sport of fitness, yeah. the CrossFit games, the the fittest on earth DVDs. You know, that's kind of what the CrossFit brand represents. And Tim, I don't know how many of those people you got in your in your box in your very gym. few, yeah, very like few. This women ripped and shredded and guys can run, you know, a sub six minute mile. Yeah. We don't really have any of those things. So you, you have this, you have a separate CrossFit sport of fitness demographic who quite frankly, really, you know, can't afford the rates that we need to charge to stay in business. Right. That's yeah. a whole other story. And then, you know, you got CrossFit went mm-hmm. through this change, Tim. I don't know if you've actually went to the CrossFit website recently in the last few months and looked at their water today. And looked at Archie Bunker uh, and his wife Edith on their 1970s couches doing squats. Oh, it's fabulous! You should oh, see wow. it. Oh wow! Okay, I haven't. So seen it. now here's what what Glassman wanted to do. He's like, look, we need to help the people who need our help the most. We don't need to help Jason Kalipa and Rich Froning. They're on their own; they can do it. But the people who need our help the most are, you know, the late generation baby boomers, and you know, maybe some of those um, the uh, people in their 70s and their 80s the guys that really need to just move and don't know exactly what to do. So he started 
uh, trying to market to those people and setting up just really simple exercises on their floral pattern couches, teaching people how to squat and how to pick up water jugs. So he went from one extreme, just way, way to the other and tried to encapsulate it in one freaking brand. So he's just has, he's trying to capture everybody from 18 years old all the way up to 90 years old. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. I didn't know. I guess, I guess at a necessity, you got to do some of these things, but just he's kind of slapped it together. Doesn't make any sense. That, yeah. That's what we're getting to as well. Do you guys think that like throughout your time as an affiliate, the changes that took place were never like strategic or thought out? It was essentially like you're paying money to do it under a brand and they're, they're using that money to, to test different theories on what might work at your guys' expense. Because like the game thing to me is like, you know, that's a small market like you were speaking to, right? Like if somebody's training for the games, that's an athlete. Mm-hmm. That is the top percentage. One percent. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Like that's that's not a brand that every one of your facilities could could put on their building and then and then make an income with. So no, you, that, to what that does though is that's um that's an event, and there are other like maybe other examples of that would be like the Olympics or like Iron Man in Hawaii, right? That gets on TV where USA triathlon doesn't exist without that, right? Like it, it, it's just the idea that like, it's a big show and it's the big show that everybody watches. Right. So like, I don't think that necessarily aspiring to get there is really a thing, right? It's more that like you took away the Super Bowl, and now you've got people on couches, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, Interesting. And, and the, you know, what, um, Elite fitness, forging elite fitness is the tagline, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and to what also like to tie back to the original conversation, the brand was built on the back of law enforcement and military, right? Like that, those were the first adopters for Greg, like in like contracts that he had and how it really grew, right? Like every, when you say CrossFit, people think Navy SEAL training, that like, that's what they say and equate it to, right? So well, here's my question then. So if you're going to become an affiliate and then you're going to, you're going to say things like, you know, like Chuck stated where you could run any type of training, you could run anything and you're literally just paying for that name. Well, how did it grow? How did it make fitness cool for your, for the general, general population? If all CrossFit ever brought to the table was the elite fitness factor, you know what I mean? Like what, where was it? Yeah. Because so they started, from- they started making it a competition. You know, and, and they started making it a competition. They, they, you know, they made the sport of fitness. And in the sport of fitness, you know, Greg Glassman, he was, to his credit, he was the first one to come up with the idea of making people, you know, compete in fitness. When they had the first games in, uh, where was it, in, in Aromas, California, just like on a farm somewhere. And then it just took off. They're like, you know what, how, let's see how many push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups, and 400-meter sprints we can do inside of, you know, 20, 30 minutes. And you just have that people that, that feed off of that competitive nature. I mean, um, think about my zone, like Tim, we run my zones, met plenty of people that run, uh, that are listening to this, run the my zone challenges and they just like to be challenged and they like to be pushed and nobody had ever done that before. Right. You know, so when you take this kind of elite athlete, uh, Navy seal military style training, and then you just simply apply that. It's the same thing that you apply it to your, you know, your stay at home moms and, and desk jockeys. It produces just that same type of competitive drive. And that's why it just took off. And that's where the movement took off. I would say he also, 
the more I would say the more important contribution would be that he opened up the business aspect of it um, beyond personal training studios in the nineties. Like I'm 42. Right. And so like that, that was like the T nation age and like there, you know, people had personal training studios, but there was no, there were literally zero cohesive brands of what would now be boutique studio. Right. So like, Orange Theory and F45 aren't here if CrossFit doesn't exist, right? Like CrossFit paved the way for those brands. Then those are just refined versions of what CrossFit started. Absolutely. So I would say like the brand really was built on like the, the style of training was built on the military and to what Chuck was just saying, right? And like really having that kind of expand. But I would say the business side of things with the low barrier to entry and making the garage gym acceptable, it made, made it available for people to get 100 people, right? Just like get 100 people together and you could have a little business and like whether it's a hobby or whether it's a real business and those of you that choose to, now there's a more realistic chance that you can make. 70 100 like whatever right like you can make a professional wage as a trainer and that grew like as like you have to look in context right like that's when social media came around and it was like this is how you do it you tell the story of like of your box like we tell this story and that'll help you grow right and like so i would say that's the bigger contribution that really they started, but then was built on the back of the affiliates, right? And so, like, the brand grew on the back of, like, everybody just building these little gyms everywhere. And that's where it's like, hey, man, we want a little bit of a say here. Like, you represent all of us now. This has gotten pretty big to a lot of what's been suggested. Maybe there should be a board of directors. <laughs> like, maybe there should be... You yeah, know, well, they got, they got a lot of issues to go through. They got the changing of the guard now. Glassman stepped down. This other guy's in Castro. So what do you tell these guys? These Well, you're one of them. Like, what do you tell the de-affiliated CrossFits now what? Like, they were their whole lives have been CrossFit. Now they're on their own. Like, Chuck, what would, yeah, you, tell, what would you tell these guys? What to what's do the next that? CrossFit, right? Like, what do you do? What's the next one? Well, do, do they need to do another yeah, one? Yeah, do you, you need to do that? You need to or run into some of Or is it time to do your own thing? And like, what's like, you've done it. You're both doing it right now. What are you guys doing now? So I rebranded. It's it's pretty easy because when you're CrossFit Hillsboro, the, the easiest thing to do is just rebrand to Hillsboro Fitness, right? Done. Like, you can't get too complex. Knit, Nittany Fitness. Got it. Yeah. CrossFit Nittany, Nittany Fitness, right? And that's <laughs> what most of the CrossFit with the CF go to community fitness. Oh, is that community what they're doing? Hillsboro. Right. Uh, so like, they're still CFH, right? Like, so I, I've seen there's, that across there's, the board. There's probably not going to be a lot of methodology change. That's, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. So the methodology is probably going to stay the same, but these guys just aren't going to, you know, they're not going to pay their affiliate fee. They're not going to be quote unquote associated with, with CrossFit anymore. Meaning they're not going to get their Christmas card every year. Yes. Oh, okay. What they did for us, Tim. Well, we got a Christmas card every year. <laughs> wow. That, that's the question. So, so leaving like, to everything we've talked about, right? So it was providing you with Google searches. Then it wasn't. Christmas card. What a Christmas card. But at this point, you know, as a business owner, what what has CrossFit been providing or has provided that you feel 
going out on your own or doing it on your own isn't going to be there. Is there anything left from what the affiliates were still receiving? Besides the name? No, there's nothing besides the name. You know what I would say is someone who's recently done it, Randy, that's like going through it right now, um, is you, you start to feel less beholden to having to do like jerks, kipping pull-ups, right? Like things that you, you generally know shouldn't really be in the group fitness class for the non-elite, right? Like, so you, I think you, what you gain or whether you lose it or whatnot is you, you have the ability now to like slow people down a lot better, especially coming off of this, given the situation, right? Like, Everybody hasn't, nobody's been in a gym for 12 weeks, right? Like, you can be like, listen, stop all this. Stop. It doesn't exist anymore. We were wrong. It never happened. (laughs) Just like like we've said in many podcasts before, this is a perfect storm to make all the changes you want. And so I would would challenge those those CrossFit owners that are de-affiliating. Spend the time now to create what you you are proud of. You're, you can take the power back now. You're, you're not, like you said, beholden to CrossFit. You can do your own thing. You can do what Brian and Chuck are doing. Create something you are proud of. And that's what we coach on a daily basis with gym owners is like creating their own thing. And like you, yeah. your proprietary blend, because of the nature of the way CrossFit used to be, it was CrossFit on this corner, CrossFit on this corner, yeah. They do CrossFit. We do CrossFit. They're one ninety nine. We're one sixty nine. They're going to come here. And it was a price battle, and there was no difference to the solution that you're both providing because CrossFit is the overarching thing. Now you've got so much more power. You can create the brand, the proprietary blend of your workouts that you yeah. decide you want to do, and nobody can compete with you because you can't get the secret sauce across the street anymore. It's now your secret sauce. So you know, the, I think it's a good thing. Hey, Tim Lance here, and I just want to give a quick shout out to everyone out there surviving the day-to-day chaos of the fitness business. You know, you're showing up every day and you got people counting on you. I know it's not easy, but you're doing it, so keep on going. But listen, if you feel like it's getting to be too much and you wanted to get some support so you can get out of the struggle and get into real growth, then I highly recommend that you check out our eight-week ProFit Business Accelerator program at winninggym.com slash grow. Go check it out, sign up, and let's get you on track for some easy wins and get back to growth mode. All right, once again, the link is winninggym.com slash grow. And now back to the show. The people who have been calling me, they ask the same question, all the new leads that I get. Um, they say, if you're not CrossFit, um, what kind of exercises do you do? Like as if there's no other exercise. There's no other, there's no other exercise that exists. Like you don't do CrossFit? Well, what do you do then? Explain it to me. And so we do, we transitions to a lot of small group, semi-private training. That's it. Um, we charge more now than we did before. And as we were, it's so funny because we're just going back to exactly how we did things before we were an affiliate, exactly how we did things. I mean, God, I can't believe I, I freaking was an affiliate for 12 years. I just would have kept doing exactly what I'm doing now. I need another drink. Damn it. So we're just, we're doing things the way that we were when we were semi-private training and personal training. And, you know, since we stepped away from CrossFit and after COVID, um, I came up with something called socially distanced personal training, which is, it's, it's, is it working? Yeah, sure. Is it compelling? Yes. 
Um, do we do kipping butterflies? No. Do we do deadlift snatches? No, absolutely not. We don't do that stuff anymore, Brian. Um, and it's so much easier to coach. And there's just a whole arsenal of stuff um, that coaches just have the ability to choose from. You know, we purchased years ago, we purchased alloy programming. Tim, you have the same thing, right? Alloy. We, we don't. Yeah, I know. We don't use them. But yes, I know what you're talking yeah, about. So we purchased alloy programming. So we use some of that. We use our functional training stuff. Um, but we just moved away from that methodology. And now we just have to you know, have the confidence in ourselves and our team and in our coaches, which we provide through a business systems that CrossFit doesn't provide you with. And we're like, look, guys, this is how we do things from point A to point Z. This is exactly how we run the show. And so for anybody who's listening who might be going through de-affiliation, you know, you guys, you guys can do it. Brian, you've been in the game long enough. You've been doing it a long time. Um, and, you know, I, I know that it's really scary. And it was scary for me when I chose to de-affiliate because I'm like, what in the hell am I going to do without an affiliation? Am I going to be able to exist without CrossFit? And I know that there's a lot of people that are like that, you know, right now. And it just takes that initial jump and maybe some great guys behind your back, like Tim and Randy, you know, like you guys have been with me for years, just pushing and pushing. But there's, you know, there's light at the end of that freaking tunnel. Nice. Just do it. And you set up a, uh, with us, you set up a Facebook group, like a support group for former affiliate box owners. So on Facebook, create a little support group because guys, you need, you need it more than ever right now, especially like what, that's what you exactly, said. Yeah. That's a big thing that I've taken away is like all these affiliates are now, I mean, de-affiliating. Mm -hmm. You guys are going to be looking for a home. We talk all the time about like being an entrepreneur, running a gym and having systems and things like that. Like, you share it amongst the people that you're close with. You know, I'm sure even just being part of the, the CrossFit community, the people you naturally communicate with all the time were other affiliate donors. And you guys yeah, and unfortunately, you. those conversations really revolved, at least on social media, those conversations between the affiliate owners, they just revolved around workouts. Did they? Not business yeah. stuff, Brian? No it's business? Not, yeah. Surface yeah, level, not, surface not so level? Not, yeah, not so much. I mean... So, you know, it's matured now. And I think it all the flip side of what, what I said, and then it had helped all this business grow, right, is that it is also the easy way and the fast way, right, to open a gym and like, boom, people are going to yeah. show up. Thousand dollars credit card in a weekend. Yeah. And now it's like, <laughs> you know, it's back to, and I think this is kind of happening universally at least it, it seems like it's been my experience over this first six months of this year, right? Is that people are just getting back to like saving money, grow your gym slow, do the right things, be patient, like in life, focus on health, right? Like that's those, you, you see these more fundamental, like principled themes coming up more and like, you know, it's just not going to be low hanging fruit, like going into a recession where you just slap a CrossFit on your door and, all of a sudden you have a hundred people, right? Like those, those days are long gone. They're yeah. long gone. People are, are holding their cash. So yeah. like long so, gone, like the $2 leads on Facebook. Oh, 2015. Those back for the rest. <laughs> Th those what? Those what are back? Those lead, lead prices. prices are back. Oh They're yeah. Close. What do you, what are you guys getting seeing? Cause we were had this conversation with our iron circle yesterday and we were still shocked at some of the things like the low cost others are picking people up at. I was what getting four or $5 a lead when COVID first started. Yeah. Yeah. Four or five was, bucks a lead. 
I was lower than that in my area, which is a normally a $30 lead. We were at like three bucks. Wow. Yesterday we had a, we call guys were doing $3 and 14 cent leads for a, uh, a program that they were running. So yeah, the, the cost per leads going down and that's just because the competitions pulled out their budgets and pulled it out of the market. It's just a, yeah, exactly. yeah. basically an auction platform. So yeah, lots of, lots of turmoil. Where do you think, what do you think is going to happen with the brand? Are they going to recover? Is it going to be just, you know, you know, a little like blip on the radar or are they going to yeah. be totally collapsed? No, no. It, I mean, it's still going to be the biggest brand in fitness. Okay. 14,000 affiliates is that 13,500 affiliates is still, I mean, massive. So you, have, you got Dave Castro, who is CEO now. And Dave Castro has been Greg Glassman's right-hand man. Um, Dave Castro is a great guy. He was at my level one seminar here in Portland um, in 2008. And the guy was just a freaking rock star. All those guys were rock stars at my level ones. Um, but, you know, he comes from that culture. He comes from... Um, from being there that whole time and he's going to have to make some huge significant changes to that brand maybe even a rebrand um or opening up a different brand i don't know how this how this culture how that how the crossfit culture is going to survive in this day and age with the amount of turmoil that we have going on in the world i don't know if it's really going to be feasible and granted that america um, is a very forgiving demographic. It's a very forgiving market. Like in America, you give it enough time, the population generally will forgive you and allow you to come back. Now that has been true for about the last 30 years, but today, I don't know if that's true or not. So when you have a company that's that big, a billion dollar brand operating throughout the globe, I think that Dave Castro has definitely has his work cut out for him. And if it's going to survive, he has to make some huge, massive, empathetic Compassion. Yeah. One, I think you could probably put like an 80 20 rule on it. I think about 20% of the affiliates is, is what's going to fall off. Right. And that still leaves it in a billion dollar brand, like Chuck was just saying. Right. And what I think needs to happen is they just need to get more sophisticated. Right. It's been this really simple one man show that's run up to a massive amount of money. Right. And, and like with that comes pretty good responsibility. Like even in an affiliate model, you're speaking for a lot of people. Right. So I think they just need to CrossFit just need like they need to grow, grow that up a little bit. Right. It just forget, some more. That, that one man show still owns 100 percent of the company. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> and that's why I don't know. So who knows? Like, I do I think Greg will ultimately divest his interest? I don't know. It, yeah, who knows? I don't think it gives him the platform to fight the fights he wants if he doesn't still have the CrossFit brand, right? Like he still wants to fight Coca-Cola and sugar and the, you know, he's been anti-licensing the health profession so that different groups don't control it with lobbying interests. Like he's done a good job in that area. And I don't know if he gets to fight those fights. I think personally in, in America, I don't know what's going on throughout the globe, but I think personally in America for the fitness industry, the industrial chic revolution is over. And by industrial chic, I mean uh, yeah. business parks like mine, seriously, where you just have, you're in a business park, you have a couple of garage doors um, and you got kind of a CrossFit looking place. And unfortunately that's what I have. And I think that's over. I think it's dead and I think it's gone. Um, where do I think that it's going? I'll tell you exactly where it's going. It's going towards more places like Frank Nash's stronger personal training. I mean, you got the neon lights, 
right? And you have the culture and you have, uh, you have the team training and you have the fun and you have the social media experience. You have that professionalism brand, you know, you got that for team training and then, and then you have a separate program, like, uh, just like at Pulse Fitness with Tim, you have semi-private training, um, and these smaller training studios that you can do inside of three, 4,000 square feet, just have a rock star time. Um, I think we're seeing the end of the, the industrial fitness revolution. It's going to go more towards the, the, the digital lightning age of, of fitness. He so, coined it. I was waiting for the term lightning age. So digital <laughs> lightning age experience. Don't call it boutique because that's almost like a, the opposite of what this is. This is more like cutting edge, urban, modern, high end, I, I, you know, and then higher pricing. And you can make a lot of money in a small footprint. I mean, there's guys we Soul interviewed cycle. on this. What's that? It's Soul cycle. Soul cycle, smaller footprint, high, high price points. Yeah. And uh, people are willing to pay for that. And if they're getting the high touch point, high experience, that's really what they're buying. They're buying the experience, the mental mental help, right? They're just going for the, the experience. experience. What's that client experience? Yeah, we preach yeah, on it all the time. I think and it's niching down. Small gap. It is niching uh, down. It's a higher barrier of entry. There's going to be, you know, a build out for a 5,000 square foot place might be 70, 80, 90, 100 bucks a foot, maybe half a million to, to build out a just a, I mean, depending on who you're using for your design, could be that expensive. I mean, Evan Howard uh, in the Iron Circle, he's, he's, have you seen his place in Pennsylvania? He's in, uh, where's he at? He's in Allentown. Is that near you? Allentown, I think, yeah. Three yeah. hours. Three hours. My man did a full remodel. I mean, he's got like uh, glass looking floors with like that design, almost like a, it looks like you're in water. He's got lights that are in sync with the my zone zone that they should be in. So if you're in the yellow zone, every the, the whole place is yellow. He's got <laughs> black turf. The the music's coordinated and he's doing team training with, you know, eight to 20 people spread out, right? Six feet, six feet distance. And they're doing high intensity interval training and they're high fiving each other. They're just having a blast. And it's the experience, and they're just on a high walking out. And there he's charging three, four, five hundred bucks a month. But he can get away with that doing two or three hundred people doing three hundred dollars a month. That's a million dollar business, nine, you know, even more. So I like that model. It is going to cut out the the hobbyist, like the CrossFit hobbyist that were just getting in for a thousand dollars on a weekend and a you know, six months abated rent in a warehouse, right? <laughs> you know, to get them going. It is what it is, but uh, and we're and we're doing our own changes here. We're we're looking at new spaces and building buildings and stuff like that. So there's, it is going to be interesting to see. And you know, for those, and this is a perfect time for those those guys deaffiliating. Maybe you only have a year left on your lease and your term. Maybe you relocate and do something different. And, you know, bring your clients with you. They'll still, they'll follow you because they like you. But maybe you, this you take this opportunity to go open up a new new spot, rebrand. Opportunities are endless right now, guys. So, any any parting words for anything, Randy? You know, you, something to say? you know what I see? That, I see something that's kind of a cool trend from a lot of the guests that we've had on lately, and I think it's a direction that we can kind of see where some of all of fitness is going. From the first conversation we had with Rick about his new direction of the model, from your mention of Frank and where you believe, you know, Chuck, where you believe the uh, direction of the boutique, well, not the boutique gym, but like the end of the industrial uh, gym is going. Digital lightning age. Digital lightning age from where Evan and, and, you know, Frank and a lot of our friends in the industry have positioned their gyms, where Matt Weaver in the direction of his brand, Casey and Jerry from their brand. Everybody is so heavily now focused about, 
around the client experience as a whole. It's not just about the programming. It's not about the client result. It's about every bit of all of that, right? The, the, the emotion that they leave with, the color, the experience, the music, all of this has become so crucial to earn that business that I think now that is the limelight. That is the direction that if you're not playing into controlling every controllable of what, in that one hour for that client, you're going to miss the boat. And it just kind of dawned on me, everybody that we've had on is talking about doing the same thing. Everybody, rewind, we, rewind this like 30 seconds and just listen to what Randy said over and over, <laughs> over again. The pressure's was, on. Yeah, that was the best business advice in our industry, Randy. Really, that was. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful. It, was, it, it just dawned on me. It literally clicks because, I mean, the lighting is one thing. The music is another. Programming, we all want to deliver results. That's the reason that we get into this business. But how you do that is seeming to be more impactful than just the actual program of itself. And trainer brains are not going to compute that very well because it's all about the programming, the lift, the mechanics, the dorsiflexion of the ankle. It's like, that's what they're focused on, but it's like the opposite of that. Unfortunately, you have to maybe get some business books. Have your director of programming write a chapter on that in his, in his book. What's his name? Tim? Yeah. Uh, uh, Zach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have Zach write a chapter on that. Zach is coming out with a book and I read, I've read, you know, the first quarter of it. It's, it's funny. It's good. You'll love it. I mean, I don't know, I, Brian, how do you run your operation? You're the owner, but are you in the day to day? Or are you just overseeing the business? I'm involved in day to day, like in and out. I don't like coach any classes, um, okay. but I'm, I'm generally here most days for a period of time and I run the meetings and yeah. I'm you, still involved you, you, need, like you need a Zach to do that for you because I've yeah. got a Zach. I've got Zach, and he's writing a book about. It's called Directing Fitness, and it's about his position in the organization and how yeah. you could take that book, read it, and find the guy. And you two try. Then you guys can remove yourself. I don't know. I mean, some people want to be in the day to day. Nope. nope, not it. <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs> right, I'll I'll, I'll uh, kick him in the butt and tell him to get that thing done because yeah, you know, he's ready. Send copy, please. Yeah, I'll send it out to all you guys. You'll love it. I mean, he's <laughs> such a good dude. So, well, awesome, guys. I'm so glad I had you guys on because this is a hot topic right now. And you guys gave us some insight. Again, we're not in that world, but a lot of the listeners are. You gave us your insight why you're both leaving. You both wanted it. You know, you don't want to be a part of that. And now is a great time. So anybody that is uh, de-affiliating, if you, if you want to join the group, what's the name of the group? It's a former affiliate box owner. Former affiliate box owners on Facebook. Yeah. Jump into that group, have a conversation, nothing to sell in there, just a, a gathering place to, to decompress and figure out the next move because you know you guys are on an island sometimes as entrepreneurs and being a part of a group like CrossFit, you were kind of part of a pack now. You're, you're basically- well, It was actually off. called a cult, Tim. Cult, cult, yeah, it absolutely is a cult. Become a digital marketer, it's the same thing. Cult, <laughs> being a cult, uh, having a cult is good for business. I would tell you that it's pretty awesome. You got some raving fans. So, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. Cheers on a Whiskey Wednesday podcast. Until next Bye. time, guys, keep changing lives. We'll see you on the next show. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Built to Grow podcast. And if you're not subscribed already, be sure to do that right now by clicking the subscribe button on Apple iTunes. And if you enjoy this episode, we'd love it if you do us a quick favor 
rate and review the podcast. See, this lets the platform know that we're doing something right and people like the content. It would be a huge help and we'd be extremely grateful. And if you're interested in growing your fitness business as well, go ahead and head on over to timlyonsbook.com and pick up a free copy of my book, Built to Grow. Until next time, keep building something great.